listening to Manx Radio, and I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to the podcast of the Manx Sky at Night with Howard Parkin. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Well, Pastor my Judith, it's great to be here, albeit virtually. With this ongoing COVID situation, I think it's right to take precautions, and everyone understands that. And I always say that astronomy is one of the most appropriate social distancing things you can do. You don't need anybody with you. It's a great opportunity to just look at the wonders of the night sky. And haven't we been so very, very lucky just recently? It really has been spectacular. We've had clear nights now for probably two or three weeks. And uh, we've been so very fortunate because at this time of the year, we do get a meteor shower called the Lyrids. Now, I'm sorry, I'm talking about these now and most of you who haven't seen them will have missed it because the Lyrids shower is one of those lesser showers it's it's probably what i would call a silver rather than a gold or a bronze shower and nothing as good as the persids or the geminids we get later in the year but the lyrids can be quite good if you're lucky with the weather and we have been so lucky as i say and also we've had very little in the way of moonlight any of you who had the chance to see them um, over the last week I've been outside probably four or five times and I've managed to see about half a dozen um, probably in about three nights I've seen about half a dozen over that period and um, always in the eastern horizon where most meters tend to stream from because the constellations are rising around midnight as I've said many times before so we have just been so very very lucky and without the moon in the sky the sky has just been quite spectacular it's been wonderful to see and um I don't normally talk much about doing astronomy in April because it tends to be a time of the year when uh, obviously the lighter nights are coming in and um, the weather, frankly, isn't that that good that often. But uh, I remember last year in the first lockdown, we had lovely weather and I indeed were having the same again now. Uh, I also remember vividly last year that the, uh, the hosepipe band came in and it started raining. But that's another story. The other thing I've been able to see just recently is my wife and I uh, went for a walk the other night uh, around Peel Castle and watched the sun go down. And you know, however many times you get the chance to see the sunset, and there must have been about a dozen or maybe two dozen people on Peel Headland and Ralph Peel Castle, just watching the sun slowly going down and then... It was quite spectacular, quite a moving thing to do, and I recommend it. In, in good, clear weather, when you watch the moon, um, sorry, the sun going down, it really is quite spectacular. It makes you appreciate our existence all the more. The other thing, which is not as um, as good, is the fact that people are going on about the supermoon again. Yes, we have a full moon, and the full moon is on Tuesday. It's in the early hours of Tuesday morning we have the full moon. And unfortunately, on Manx Radio, they're going on about the fact that you can see the full moon now for about a week. No, you can't. The full moon is an instant in time when the moon is maximally illuminated. Now, I know I'm being petty, but I think it goes along with the supermoon myth, the idea that the moon is so much dramatically bigger. The facts of the matter are the moon, yes, the moon is bigger at certain times of its orbit when it is slightly nearer to the Earth than other times, at what we call perigee or apogee, peri being near, apogee being far. And if the full moon coincides within 90 degrees of that, it's determined a supermoon. The actual difference in size, you would never notice the difference at all. I have often said, and we did it the other night at sunset, if you put your 
uh, hold your little finger up at arm's length, your little fingernail will completely cover the moon or the sun. Although you should never look at the sun directly. Maybe just as it's going down below the horizon, then it's 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 obviously easier to see and uh, not as bad. But I always say don't look at the sun directly, no matter what you do. But the moon is only half a degree wide. And no matter whether it's a supermoon or the alternative to the supermoon, the wimpy moon, it's never any bigger. It is slightly bigger, but we would never notice this with the naked eye. It's just one of those petty irritations that most of us astronomers get. But hearing this morning that the supermoon would be visible for a, a week is just totally wrong, I'm afraid. And what's more annoying is the lyrid shower, which was worth talking about throughout last week, hasn't been spoken about at all, but we go on about the supermoon. But hey, that's the way it is. The supermoon, incidentally, uh, was also known as the pink moon. That's because of the type of flowers that bloom at a certain time of the year. And most of the names of the moons uh, come from the North Americans, the North American Indians. And they gave the names of the snow moon. I can't remember them all now, but there's a whole host of different names of the different types of moons. But that's the thing that's been visible just recently. But what can we look forward to in the month of May? Well... Hopefully the weather will continue to be lovely and clear and we'll get to see all sorts of things in the sky. And then um, one thing I would point out to, out to anybody is to look in the southern sky at roughly around 10, 11 o'clock when it's gone reasonably dark. And you'll see probably three brightish stars. And I talk about these quite often. If you look in the southern sky at about this time of year, you'll see a bright star. And that bright star is the star Regulus, the principal star in the constellation of Leo. Now, if you imagine a question mark reversed in the sky, the dot of the question mark is the star Regulus and the curved bit of the question mark is the head of the lion. And to the left of that, heading towards the eastern horizon, you've got the body of the lion. And with a lot of imagination, it's one of the few constellations that does look a little bit like what it's meant to represent come away from that and keep going towards the eastern horizon now and slightly lower down you'll see another solitary bright star all on its own and this is the star spiker in the constellation of virgo and just as we use a question mark for leo we use the letter y for virgo and in the v in the, in the deep v of the y and um, that's where the star spiker sits and that's where spiker is and you have this bowl of what we call the, the where the y is this bowl of virgo is where we've got lots of clusters and galaxies and all sorts of things that are fascinating to people with big telescopes and indeed to the cosmologists who are looking into the deeper realms of our universe Come up from that and you'll see another star, another star called Arcturus. And Arcturus, just to finish our analogy of shapes in the sky, Arcturus is at the bottom of a kite shape, a sort of elongated triangle uh, sort of shape. And that's the, the star Arcturus. And then head towards the northern horizon and look for the plough. Where's the plough gone? It seems to have almost totally disappeared. It hasn't disappeared. It's high up on the right-hand side of the northern horizon. And if you follow the curve of the handle of the plough down, you come to the star Arcturus. You can then keep going to the star Spiker and then look to the west and you'll find the, the star Regulus. As well as the supermoon we spoke of earlier, we have some other features taking place in the night sky, which we can see in the month of May. And one of the best of these is the fact that Mercury and indeed Venus are both visible in our evening sky. 
So when I was out the other day looking at the sunset, I did look for the planet Venus, but of course it was still very light because the sun had literally just gone down and we were heading home. And I couldn't see Venus, but Venus is rising in the evening sky all the time now and is actually going to get brighter and brighter and brighter throughout the next few months. And in May, in May, and in particular around May the 17th, Venus and Mercury are going to be joined together in the sky. So if you've got a good western horizon and the sky has gone dark, probably at least three quarters of an hour after sunset, look to where the sun went down, look up to the left, and you should see a bright star. And that bright star is the planet Venus, of course. So keep your eye on that. As I say, it'll get much brighter much, much um, later in the year. But not far from it, depending on what day you're looking, um, either just below or just to the side of it, you might see a fainter star, and that's the planet Mercury. Usually I let people cheat and use your binoculars if you want to find it. Find Venus in your binoculars. Make sure the sun has gone long down. Don't look anywhere near the sun with your binoculars ever. Make sure the sun's gone down. The sky is going dark. Find Venus in your binoculars and then just look around for and you should quite easily see the planet Mercury. Then put your binoculars down and see if you can see it with your naked eye. It's always great fun to look for and is the one planet in the solar system that difficult to spot once you've seen it you can actually put it on the list and say that you've seen the faintest planet we ever get to see in our sky uh, and then you can add to that the others as you see them at a more leisurely pace as they rise and are more prominent in our night skies so those are the principal constellations i would point out to you for this time of year and as i say because we've had such lovely clear weather and the forecast is quite good for the next few days and um, just wrap up warm because it does get cold sometimes just wrap up warm and just go outside and just wonder at the the splendors of our manx night skies now we're going to play some music for you and i thought what do we play for the month of may well for the month of may i thought we need to play something that is very special but takes place a week on tuesday and a week on tuesday is of course star wars day May the 4th be with you. So what more appropriate can we play but the Star Wars theme? Well, I hope you all enjoyed that, especially my daughter-in-law down in St Albans, if she's listening, because it's actually her birthday on Star Wars Day, so we're never allowed to forget it. Well, what can I tell you about the world of spaceflight? There's been so much going on just recently, it has been unbelievable, and there's so much still to come. 
First up, of course, we've got this wonderful mission to Mars, the Perseverance rover. And the Perseverance rover, which landed on Mars back in February, has just been superlative. There's no other word for it. It's just been getting better and better and better. It deployed this little tiny helicopter called Ingenuity a few weeks ago now, and they spent a bit of, bit of time checking everything out, making sure it could survive the long, cold uh, Martian nights. Um, but they took it for its first flight a week ago now, and this first flight was a straight up and down. They did a second one last week where it went slightly to the side, and they're planning to do another one in a few days' time. It really is incredible when you think that somebody sitting on Earth is able to send the commands and the controls to a spacecraft sitting on Mars, which is actually capable of flying in the skies of Mars. A lovely touch is the fact that they took a small fragment of the original uh, Wright Flyer, the original aeroplane that made the first human flight into the air from the Earth all those years ago, about 100 years ago now, and now here we are flying something around Mars. Absolutely incredible. And the images we're getting back are incredible. And there are no superlatives left to describe what just what is going on with Mars and the amazing technology and the amazing ability of the engineers to do this. And I sometimes think, we, we think we're clever, and yes, we are clever in our own way, but somehow the the ability of the human mind to think of a way to build something that could be flown to and then land on and then fly in the, in the Martian atmosphere, it just shows you how incredible the human mind can be if it turns its mind to doing things of scientific interest. And uh, I suppose it's a sign of our times that, uh, yes, we're busy fighting this virus at the moment, but we are still human and we're still able to do these amazing feats and uh, long may they continue. We've got a, a lot of interest in Mars still to come of course because we're going to see all the various pictures and all the various images from Perseverance and Ingenuity uh, but the Chinese mission, the Chinese mission that went to Mars and got went into orbit around Mars in February has still to deploy their lander. They always said they were going to make sure they would um, pick out the particular landing spot they wanted to go. They have various things they needed to do with the orbiting spacecraft, which has been there now since February. And they said they would deploy their lander probably in May or June. So watch out for that appearing in the news. Although disappointing as it was because the amount of coverage the Chinese got for their mission, which was equally as expensive and as dramatic as the American mission, um, given the political situation, I'm afraid the Chinese mission didn't quite get as much coverage. But we'll no doubt find out what's going on and hopefully we'll get to see all that on the news in the very near future. Moving on, uh, other things going on. Of course, we had the amazing launch the other day of the Dragon 2 spacecraft. This is the second full-up four-person crew of the uh, SpaceX Dragon spacecraft, the third spacecraft to actually fly up to the International Space Station with passengers. It's called Dragon 2 because Dragon 1 um, took the first four up last November and the original mission last May in May 2020 took up just two astronauts on a test mission. What is interesting is that the spacecraft that they flew in uh, a couple of days ago, and it's still up there now tied to the International Space, I say tied, it's actually docked. I think they don't tie spacecraft to other spacecraft with ropes and cables. I think that would be entirely inappropriate. But the spacecraft that took up the crew of Dragon 2 up to the ISS a few days ago included the wife of Bob Benkin. And Bob Benkin was the chap who went up as commander of the Demo 2 mission, as it was called, when just the two of them went up last May. They used the same spacecraft. They've refurbished the spacecraft. They used the same rocket or a rocket that has been used before because SpaceX recycled their rockets 
And there's a nice touch. The seat um, that Karen MacArthur sat in was the same one that her husband flew up to the space station back in May last year. Some wonderful connections. And the pictures from the ISS of the 11 of them up there, all 11 astronauts up there now in the International Space Station, till um, I think it's Wednesday. Wednesday they're meant to be coming down. The original uh, Dragon 1 crew, the four of them, are all coming down in uh, on, uh, on next Wednesday. So that'll be all over the news as well, I think. So it's just incredible to see at the moment there are 11 people orbiting the Earth in that space station, which can be seen in our Manx skies in the early hours of the morning. The ISS um, visibility is not good for us at the moment. It's not in the evening when a lot of people like to try and see it after sunset. It is visible before the dawn, uh, before the sunrise. And um, if you look on the International Space Station um, pages or on Heavens Above, you'll find the full details all about that. The other great thing that happened a few weeks ago now, but we didn't get a chance to speak about last month, was that NASA have tested the engines of the SLS, the new launch rocket, that they're going to launch their brand new spacecraft, the Orion, um, probably in about 2024, but an unmanned ver version of that is going to be orbited um, later this year. And the four engines were test-fired at the uh, NASA premises at Stennis, and all four engines fired up for a full eight and a half minutes, which is how long those engines would normally fire for um, to put the rocket for the first stage to burn out before the second stage ignites. What was interesting was that the engines they're using are what they call RS-25 engines, and these engines were originally built for the space shuttle. So yes, the technology of the new rocket is incredible, but they're using engines um, that they built for the shuttle, which are so good. They've been refurbished, obviously, but they can still use them. And the four engines that were used in the test fire, which will be used for the, uh, the launch later this year, um, come from various shuttle missions, including one of the Hubble servicing missions and also the mission that took John Glenn into space back in the 90s so there's so much going on there's so much to talk about all the time and uh, i'm just so fortunate that we get the chance to to watch this and marvel at it over the wonders of the internet and television and of course the radio i do hope you've enjoyed looking at the wonders of the night sky for the forthcoming month of may there's so much to see and if we do get clear weather um who knows what we might get to see it does get dark uh, progressively later and later but don't give up there's always plenty to see and what I've found in particular just recently is looking in the northern sky. I don't tend to look in the northern sky very often, but you do get the, the wonders of the northern sky at this time of year. So totally different to what we see in the autumn. In the meantime, I do hope I'll be joining you in the studio uh, next month, Judith, uh, if all situation is improved. Um, but never mind, if not, we can always do it virtually again. But I'd just like to say to the listeners that our next show will actually be on May the 30th. And on May the 30th, we'll be looking forward to what will be an eclipse of the sun, which will be visible from the Isle of Man. We have a partial eclipse. The sun will be 25% eclipsed roughly between 10 in the morning and half past 12 after midday and that will be worth looking for and i'll be talking all about that and how we can look at it safely uh, when we do our may night max night sky program on the 30th until then all the very best to everybody keep safe keep well and i look forward to speaking to you again soon thank you and good night mm -hmm.